Welcome back to the Listen In Podcast with Jake and Sean. It is episode 151. Uh, Jake, you were in Disney World this past week, so we missed uh, our normal Wednesday schedule, but we did do a very special Beatles episode for our 150th. We did a Beatles March Madness bracket of their best songs, so check that out. But you were in Disney, and you're back. I'm back, and it's good to be back. I'm glad we're back on the on the mics, mm-hmm. uh, doing this stuff. Listen to the to the post show. Oh, there's <laughs> for some for some Disney musings. There's some stories. There's some a fun stories. a fun time was had by all, but it did not oh, escape the like the lens of of my analysis. That's for sure. <laughs> Nothing to, does to my benefit in the, right, yeah. in the after show. Uh, Jake, let's dive in with some news uh, this week. We've been talking about potential new Tame and Paula music since the year started. We finally got our first taste with yeah. a new single from Kevin Parker. Uh, it's called Patience. Yeah. Um, Fitting. What, yeah, we, we had to be patient for it. In waiting for it. So what what are your thoughts on this new song? Kind of goes with like the more uh, synthy, dancey kind of Tame and Paula. Yeah, sound. I, I I thought it was it was pretty good. I've listened twice. I I don't have much in the way of like a fully formed thought I don't on either. it. I, I, I don't it, either. Nothing about it didn't really stand out. Stuck with me in a really rem- remarkable way. You know what's interesting? I was listening to "Gotta Be Above It" earlier today. That song is awesome. So good. That and album's great. I listened to this new Tame and Paula song, and I'm like, I don't feel the way I feel about be above it no it was a little bit it's a little devoid of some of the 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 sort of rough around the edges charm that lonerism had going on Just doing cooler shit yeah I, I so i mean I'm, I'm holding that hope for the album again i still like currents i know that you're, I do you're, too. you're no, on a I downward do too. thing with it yeah i think with sam and paul in general lately actually right if that isn't obvious <laughs> no yeah. I, although i mean i listened to be above it and i was like oh this song fucks yeah, right so um so yeah i don't know man like the first single is always tough maybe it sounds better in the context of the full record yeah um i didn't dislike it i just it didn't jump out at me in a real yeah. way yeah so we'll see here um hot thoughts jake this is a big hot thoughts week actually. a lot of them here yeah this is an interesting so we like i said we kind of missed new music the week you were in disney so we have a couple to get to there but we also had a, a variance of new albums that came out this past week here are the ones we're going to get to um and, and i think maybe we can have this as a like a half and half like a rock conversation a rap conversation so okay, a couple okay. new uh, indie rock albums that came out american football came out with their self-titled lp3 and then help me out with the pronunciation with i, I want to say it's nilifer yanya yeah yeah came out with miss universe uh got a best new music on pitchfork i think both these albums are good yeah in their own different ways american football i'll start there I've never been super into this band. Nope. So I, I understand the appeal and I understand people's love for them, especially for that first album. That is, that is like a cult following. People look to that as like a Midwestern emo classic. Twinkly yeah. emo classic. Yeah. Uh, listen to that second album, fine. This one I've actually, on first couple listens, I was like, oh, what's up, American football? And... But I think the situation I was listening in, I was working, 
I wasn't paying attention very closely to it. It kind of worked floating in and out of my consciousness in the background. Upon further re-listen, closer re-listen, I can't say I loved all of this. I think there's some great songs. Silhouettes, the opening track. A um, couple of the other ones were like some nice jams. I love like the layers of guitar on there. That song, Uncomfortably Numb, though. Yeah. I was like, this is like too on the nose, these lyrics. Like you're really like kind of referencing comfortably numb. Yeah. That's that's some confidence right there. I don't know. So that song, I was like, okay, I don't know. Some yeah. of the lyrics on this album, I was like, okay, a little too much. So my thing with American Football, I, I think I felt this way with the second album. I never fell in love with that first one from 99 as much as I would like to. It feels like something I should like and would really like. Um, I, I was listening to this again today and... It's nothing I ever want to go back to. And that's the thing. This is yeah. the thing is like the it's beautiful. Right. It's the the arrangements are gorgeous. Undeniable. And yeah. they're really clearly gifted musicians with like interesting stuff going on. There's all kinds of like key changes mm. and weird time signatures. They do all kinds of adventurous stuff. For me, it's a couple things. One, the production feels so clean so clean that it like it's almost like ambient music or something it's almost like uh like the postal service with twinkly guitars mm-hmm. um and and the vocals for me don't pack that much of a punch the melodies of american football songs all have like the same little lines they all you're this... so right oh my do you god know what i'm saying the guy sings every song yep. with the same like grouping of notes yep. In different arrangements, we're probably pissing off some I'm American sure we football are. fans. I'm sure we who are. are like, no, I wanted like worship of this new album. It's a good. Here's the thing. You're right. This it's is good. a good album. Yeah. I just I don't fully connect with it. You brought up a good point that like the production's so clean, it seems like ambient. If I treat this more as an ambient album, and like have it just in the background as I'm working, I like it so much more. This is ambient music for people who like twinkly emo. I found that as well. Like when I stopped w- worrying about it being an emo album, I started thinking about it. I was like, this, you know what? This kind of reminds me of is like real estate a little yeah. bit. And when I thought about Vibe. it that way, I was yeah. like, there's there's a little I can I dig this a little more on under those pretenses. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it just it doesn't ever, it never feels with American football to me like anything. I I really am gonna be like indebted to or spending much time with like it just it, it's fine it's definitely good i'll probably pop it on again uh but it doesn't move me in a real no, way no it's no. it's gorgeous and like yeah. the, the the production is like it's pristine i think to a fault and i think instrumentally they're clearly doing some interesting ambitious things it's just not totally for me Mm-mm. no i i feel you I, I i know what you mean on that let's talk about this other rock album jake that came out by nilifer yanya is think, what we're going with i think that's it, it could be nilufer there's an umlaut over there yeah, you don't really know how to work with that neither did uh, i it's called miss universe um now this is a really interesting album i think there's some great songs on here yeah i i've been Liking it a fair amount. Way more than I thought. So, okay. This might go into a larger conversation just about, like, indie rock. And I... I, It seems like I'm picking on this album. And I'm not doing it on purpose. Yep, let's hear it. I think albums like this are... I don't want to say a dime a dozen. But I want to say it's harder to really stand out with, like, just a straight-ahead indie rock album now. So much of, like, my experience listening to this was like, oh, this is undeniably really good, actually. Yeah. But I feel like I've heard this album a hundred times. This this album sounds like 2011. 
So when when this album veers toward things I'm not interested in is when she when it sounds like Florence and the Machine, and there are songs on here where it verges toward that, where the vocals sound very Florency. The production's not especially interesting. I think on the first couple tracks, In Your Head and Paralyzed. Those are great songs. They're sick. And she's doing this cool, crunchy, kind of heavy guitar work with like really, I just think her vocal delivery is really interesting. I think it loses steam a little bit in the middle. This is an album I definitely will go back to. And I will say that it's definitely, I agree that it's, it feels a little in the mold of like, some of the indie rock we've been hearing, but I do think she's bringing something to the table that's oh, a little different. Look, there's really good songwriting here, and I think in your head, paralyzed, heat rises. That's a sick song. That's a really good song. And then uh, the unordained uh, and heavyweight champion of the year to close out the album. Like this, this album's peppered with like five really strong songs, I think, and it's sequenced in a way where you never really hit a lull. And you're like, oh yeah, this song. And it kind of carries you through. Here's the thing though. On repeat listens, I think these little sketches about like the way health, like whatever, like service that is like woven throughout this album, get rid of those. Those add no value. The first time I listened to this album, I was like, oh, this is like interesting. It's like a concept album. What, What is this all about? It does not hold up on repeat listens. They just like break up the flow of it. I've been listening to this album now whenever I've gone back to it with with those taken out. I made a playlist without oh, those in without it. Without the skits. Flows way better. Interesting. Here's the thing, though. I think there's five really strong songs. I think there's some decent songs, and I think there's a couple that are like, meh. Yeah. And just, I, I don't know. I, I don't think that's necessarily cutting it with an indie rock album in 2019. Because like I said, this sounds like 2011. I feel like I've heard this album before, even though there's great stuff on it. Yeah. I got like XX vibes here in certain places. Here and there. And I was yeah. like, okay, like, you know, it was cool. in, Again, it was in those spaces where I felt a little more that's bored. What, that's what I'm saying. I think yeah. this album is at its best when it's doing its weird stuff. Weird, a little more experimental and like kind of... Because I'll be honest, when I put it on, what came out of the speakers was not all what I expected originally. Oh, yeah. I hadn't read anything about it. I thought it was going to be kind of like a pop album. I thought so too. I don't know why I thought that. And it just was not at all. And I I will say it's it's an interesting listen and I think it's worth checking out for sure. Oh, for sure. No, for sure. And like a lot of these songs are going to make their way onto my best of 2019 playlist. I, I think by the time the year's over... You know, I'll be like, oh yeah, that was like a really solid album. It's not going to be like, you know, up among one of my favorites. But like we'll talk about in a second, Jake, with these two rap albums, we're putting together a great roster of 2019 albums. Even the ones where we're like, okay, like American Football. Even that. Even though we're not like, oh, I'm loving this. It's still like, damn, that was a good album still. This, we, it's been a strong year out of the gate. And these, these rap albums here that we want to talk about, the first one... Is uh, by the UK rapper Dave. Couple UK rappers were going to right. Talk that's about. true. Dave, yeah. This Dave. Album. Uh, the album is called Psychotherapy. So this is someone I had never heard of actually, and this album got insanely positive reviews. And because I am a slave to reviews, oh, yeah. I checked it out, and I think it's up to the billing. It's mm. it's this really ambitious. Um, it's another concept album centered around sort of his hangups and stuff and there's different interstitial songs that's the, that's the word for the day interstitial I like that um, with his therapist yes talking through stuff I love that 
piece. I, I think so. Basically, like this album kicks off with like a therapist's voice yep. talking. It's Deal like with David. It's like Dave Dave's first session or whatever, and then he goes into that first track, Psycho, where he's like, "If you want a psycho, like I, yeah. I'm it or whatever." Yep. And like that song's sick. That's a great introduction to this album, and I love the concept of. This therapist is asking me about this stuff, and we start off with our first session. And by the time the album's done, the therapist is like, "Dave, I've enjoyed our time together. Like, you've learned a lot. You've come a long way." And throughout, like, he's going into all these raps about these stories about his yeah. life. I think it's a really interesting concept for the album, and I think there's a lot of like really impressive, like, flows and raps and like wordplay going on here. In particular, on songs like Black. Uh, Leslie, the 11 minute kind of like epic story that he tells. Um, I think this album is really, really impressive. It's, I think it's really good. My problem though, and it's not its fault really, but when you do an album like this, where it's like a lot of storytelling, I think it's hard to really maintain your first level of excitement for it. Yeah, It's hard to keep going back to these same stories over and over again. So I had like a strong initial reaction to this album, the first few listens, and was like, whoa, this is going to be like one of the real rap albums from this year. And then after a while, I was like, oh, no, I, I heard those stories. Like, and with the exception of a few songs here, yeah. it's like, okay, I think I, I get it, you know? Yeah, I, I think that uh, I was similarly really impressed by the storytelling on it. Um, it reminds me of an album, and maybe what you're speaking to a little bit is like, it, it kind of reminds me of an album that's more akin to like, to Pimp a Butterfly or something, where there's a message behind all the songs. They're they're really, really good. How, does, he, how does that sit with you? With like the, because like there's a definite, I think Leslie's super impressive yeah. as a song. Black it, too. Black too. There's definitely a pretty clear message that can come across sometimes as preachy if you look at it through a certain lens. I, I, I accept it. On the grounds that it seems to me that Dave is like a really thoughtful guy. Seems genuine, right? Yeah, it seems yeah, genuine. That's how it, I seem, feel. it seems like he is really interested in trying to address these things. And Agreed. you know, I, 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 hats off to him for having the energy to do it and feeling like it's actually like something he's willing to take on. Not everybody has that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just am super impressed by his wordplay on this album. The, the his flow his ability as a rapper and I, I think he's just in that camp of like like you're saying is it the most fun to listen to all the time no but is it the most impressive it's one of the one most of impressive rap albums yeah. I've heard in a long time yeah um in the the school of like the Kendrick Lamar like yeah. this dude's bringing bars yeah. and you gotta listen you gotta yeah. like it's like reading it's like explicating poetry yeah. and like dude he Leslie to your point. Is this whole long story meets a girl on a bus? She's telling him this train. story about train, rather. <laughs> Not that it matters. No, but yeah. you're right, and and like the whole thing with with Jason, and Jason. abusive yeah. relationship, yep. and and like he he brings in a couple times throughout the eleven minutes, like returns to the theme of Leslie and Jason, and like yeah. it ends it with how Every many Leslie's got a Jason. Yeah, yeah, how many people on the bus are Leslie's running from their Jasons? Yes. Like, dude. It's it's brilliant stuff, and black is the one that really makes you think. Um, I, I I've been really liking it. I know what you mean. I think it's it's fair. Um, it's tough. It's it's similar to me, like to tip to pimp butterfly, because it's like mm. it, it could be seen as a knock on it, 
but it can also be seen as like that's actually what makes it so good. True. No, that's a really good point. It, at the very least, it's definitely worth checking out. I did share it with uh, big friend of the pod Matt, and he actually really liked it. Oh, nice. He, he texted me back. He's like, "This album's actually sick." Like, oh, he, it's... he really and I know he likes that style of rapping a lot too. Yeah. So like, he really responded to it. And so, UK rappers are cool, fun to dude, listen to. They are. They actually are. And speaking of, there's another one here. Little Sims, not Lil Sims, Little Sims. Jake. Little Sims. Uh, put out this album earlier in March called Grey Area. She's also a UK rapper. This album's a quick listen. 35 minutes. It is tight. Every single song is like really good, actually. I've been super impressed by this album. Um, this, I actually think, Jake, while it might not on its surface be as impressive as that Dave album, I think it holds up better. Okay. I... Uh, have listened to this album once okay. uh, so far. Okay. So I don't have a lot to add except that I was impressed very much with Little Sims, like the amount that she seems to bring to these tracks, a lot of energy and like seeming like a lot of anger in some mm. places. Like I, I, I was impressed on first listen. I don't have a lot to say yet. I, it is also a quick listen, which is good. I really like that she's doing a lot of different types of stuff. Like the beats and the production are different from song to song. I think she has really good flow. I think she's speaking to some real things as well, like Dave is, but in a way that maybe is a little more subtle. It's, they're different. I'm not saying one's necessarily better than the other. I think they're just different. Yep. Like on Boss, it's kind of about like, yeah, I'm like a female rapper and that comes with like some limitations like that are no fault of my own basically and i really like the line i'm a boss in a fucking dress you know right. i really like that line yeah um there's a song therapy where she's like yeah therapy not for me like this is actually like not helping at all so like interesting stuff on here um that i've really been appreciating and so i actually was lucky enough i well, not lucky enough i was stuck in traffic last week uh, on my way to work and I ended up listening to this twice in a row because I just had enough time I was like fuck it I'm gonna run it back ended up driving by the burned husk of a twisted tea truck Jake at like 8 a.m. whoa um that was was causing all of the traffic and it was so appropriate for my morning it was just like oh I'm stuck in traffic I'm fucking miserable it's too early I'm tired and I just drive by this burned out twisted tea truck. Holy shit! Yeah, I didn't hear about that. Yeah, yeah. That you were uh, on the happy in the happiest place on earth. That's I right. was in the second happiest place on earth. Right on one hundred and one. One hundred and one. Next yeah. to a burned out truck. Yeah. So uh, some good albums this week. I yeah. think overall. I, I I wanted to shout out also the Jenny Lewis album. That's on, right. I finally gave that a listen today. Yeah. So I've listened to it a few times. I think this album's really really good. It kind of reminds me of like um, something on the. In in the realm of like, it's less verbose and it's less over the top lyrically and preachy, but in terms of song style, kind of reminds me of like Father John Misty mm. with a female mm -hmm. vocalist, sure. but a, like a little poppier, a little closer to like folk and country or whatever. I'm really digging this. The songs uh, "Heads Gonna Roll," "Wasted Youth," "Red Bull and Hennessy." The first three tracks are really good. I, I just think it's like a really really solid and the uh, songwriting album. And a really good, easy listen. Um, I've been really digging it. I had never listened to Jenny Lewis before. This yeah. album has gotten like a lot of buzz. Yeah, um, really good reviews. She was in the band Rilo, Rilo Kylie, Kylie, yeah, something like that. Yeah, in the early two thousands. Killy, I don't even know. Killy, yeah, I'm I don't not know. sure. I how don't it's know pronounced. actually. So, um, 
but worth checking out and like uh, an interesting. Um, I I just think this is gonna be one that will only grow on me because the songs right. are there. Right. There's a lot of catchy songwriting and like good choruses and um, really well produced kind of like instrumental album. So yeah, uh, I, I was finally able to listen today. I, I definitely need more listens um, to really have a feel for it. But yeah, it was you know it it was good for it was sure. Definitely good. Yeah. Uh, Jake, let's get into our weekly discussion uh, leading up to the end of this decade, 2010s in review, where we go back and we discuss an artist that we loved or some music that we might have missed throughout the decade. I have a couple for you. This this last week and a half was huge for me in terms of going back and finding things that I overlooked before. Okay. Now, these two albums, the first one, Priests, Nothing Feels Natural. You remember this band? I remember this album, and I remember listening a couple of times. And at I mean, the there's, time, st- there's still a band. Sure. I remember when this album came out, I was really underwhelmed with it. I feel as though I need to go back. I have not. So what was your takeaway from co- going back to I it? was the same with you when this came out. I was like, you know what? There's two good songs on this album, JJ and Nothing Feels Natural. I was shuffling through my best songs of the decade playlist. Nothing Feels Natural came on, and it struck me in a way. I was like, whoa. I, I always liked this one song. I was like, I don't remember being this good. And then I listened to JJ again, and it struck me in the same way. I was like, you know what? I, I got to go back to this. This album's only like 35, 36 minutes or whatever. This album is insanely good. You know what it reminded me of? is like um, that Parquet Courts album from last year. Yeah, by the Just way. in terms of like the political themes on it yeah. that are really handled really smart. And really speak to a lot of like the hangups that we have with the world. Um, song like the song "No Big Bang" is one on here that like really like struck a chord with me okay. this time around. That title's ringing a bell now that I, I I I was so impressed by this album. I've been listening to it all week. Really, really good. I was sleeping on it when it first came out in 2017, um, and then that spawned me going and listening to their two singles that they put out in advance of their new album, The Seduction of Kansas, which yeah. is a cool album name. So cool. Which the is al- referring, apparently, The Seduction of Kansas, about how Kansas used to be a very liberal, democratic state and has shifted towards being ultra-conservative. Uh, it, it's a cool album, and the the art for the cover, super cool, too. So those two singles, The Seduction of Kansas, and then this other one, Good, good Time Char- good time, oh, Charlie. Good, good Time Charlie. That song is so fucking good. I really liked both. They're bo- the, both of them are great. Good Time Charlie, about, like, congressman and goldenrod weaponized the... Ah, fuck. The, the somebody, because we all worship the same god or whatever, yeah. that line... I was like, whoa, like Priest is going in on this song. So I've been listening to a lot of Priests over the last week. And I just want to say, okay. completely slept on them in 2017. I think they're like now one of the more like important bands making music. So like Damn. total 180 on Priests. You spun around. Okay, yeah. I, I will I will definitely re- check this I'll out. I'll do my please, due diligence please. here. The other one, I did Jake, re-listen to this one. The other one, I went back... All credit to Big Friend of the Pod, Kara, for turning me back on to Atrocity Exhibition by Danny Brown. Because she was saying, like, oh, that was probably the best album that came out in 2016. I was like, 
No, no, no. Like, Blonde came out that year. Like, a ton of other great records came out that year. And I remember listening to Atrocity Exhibition once, I think. This was a beloved album. And then going back to Really Doe a lot. Because I I love that song. I actually think that's sneakily one of the best rap songs, like, this decade. Kendrick and Kendrick, they all, like, go in on that song. But I went back to this, and just it... Oh my god! It like really hit me in in like the same way that Priest one did on a rock album level. This one did on a rap album level. Still sounds incredibly relevant and fresh three years later. Honestly, like I can see why this would be many people's album of the year. I remember it being ranked very high, really high. At, at, at with on all the end of the year lists. Yeah, um, songs like Downward Spiral, the first track where he. So raw and like real. This dude's just like Danny Brown's talking about like all the fucking like drugs he's addicted to and like coming off of and just like recognizing that like this lifestyle is harmful and like not good, but like I can't stop doing this stuff anyways. And just like speaking to a lot of like very real experiences. This album is so good. Yeah, I I slept on it as well at the time. And I I, I need to go back some more like you have. But I listened today. I I did get the chance to go back. Uh, And and I I I was struck by the fact that what I I have always liked about Danny Brown, but what I didn't give enough time to is how original he seems and how much he just follows his own voice, which is very much his own, um, and how much he allows that to just be his thing. Because he has this loud, abrasive, nasally delivery which is actually great. I can see where when we were in the throes of trying to get every 2016 album in. We didn't put the time in. We tried once and we're like, ah, <laughs> I'm listening to more like Bonnie Vare. Yeah, like I'm not, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to listen to this more because it's right. like I, too hard for me to right now. <laughs> right. Um, but I was struck by the production that to me followed no specific trend. Dude. And it was interesting. And there's like there's all kinds of really nice touches instrumentally on here. Um, yeah, yeah, man, I was really digging are. it, and I definitely, it's something I want to keep, continue to revisit. It, it is so good. So, like, these are two albums now that are in the conversation for, you know, two of maybe the better albums that have come out over the past four years that I now need to account for at end-of-the-decade list-making time. Yeah. Which is what everything comes back to, Jake, right. is list-making. List, yeah, right. The most important part about music. <laughs> is being able to categorize Making it. sure it's in order. That's right. That's uh, right. But it is something we have a lot of fun with. So, yeah, no, I agree, and it's, it's it, I'm, I'm going to go back to it. I had a little bit of a t- 2010s uh, revisited yeah. this week, too. It happened sort of naturally. I saw... Sky Ferreira released new music. And so I was just like, naturally, Sky Ferreira leads me to Zachary Cole Smith, leads me to Dive. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to throw Ocean on because Ocean, every time I put it on, puts me in a good mood. Mm-hmm. And I did, and it did not fail. And mm-hmm. dude, Ocean came out seven years ago almost. Came out in 2012, late June of 2012, before we went on a trip with all our friends, like a month before we went on a trip with all of our friends to the Lakes region here in New Hampshire. A formative trip for all of us. That was the most fun summer I've ever had. Yep. And so what I was thinking about is that Ocean, uh, you know, at this point, it's crazy. That's an early decade album. It seems so written in stone. And I, I, the, the way I was thinking about it the other day when I was listening to it is it's like summery nostalgia taken in pill form. I took it and was immediately like in that ponderous nostalgic mode where I was like looking out of windows and like the music lends itself to that too it's hazy and dreamy and like sounds I mean it's called Ocean it just it came out in the summer we listened to it all summer 
it sounds like summer memories, you know? It does. And so I was thinking about why it stands up so well. I think it, it, it came out at the right time of my life. Yeah. I was 19 when this album came out. I turned 20 that week. Yep. Like, that's the right time to be getting into an album like this. I think the music really holds up. There's all kinds of cool melodic ideas on it. The production is just exactly what I want out of an album like this. And I think a lot of what does that is that it's inst- a lot of it's instrumental. It starts off with Droon, which is like mostly instrumental. And like the moments on this album where there are lyrics or there are vocals, the vocals just very much feel like another instrument. The, the words don't feel important. And Zachary Cole Smith has acknowledged that in later interviews about how he, it's going more for a mood, and it was not the case on Is The Is Are. He was going for a message about like addiction mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Um, and so I like I, I just had this moment where I was like, this album is great. It's really important to me in a way I haven't thought about in years. I know. I actually return to this record pretty regularly. This is one, Jake, that I pop on. So, like, for example, I was in the car with my older sister. And yep. she she doesn't really share a lot of the same music taste as I do. No. But we were driving in, uh, in the coast of New Hampshire. It was during, like, some nice weather. It was during May or June or something like that. And I put this on. And she was like, oh, I, I like this. Yeah. She's like, this sounds like summer. I was like, yeah, fuck yeah, it does. Yeah. Uh, so, I'm with you. Like, this... Is actually, we, we just talked about lists. This is definitely going to be ranking highly on, on my decade end list. Not only does it sound like summer, to me, it, it captures the exact essence of how I interpret summer. Yes. Which is like, surprise, surprise, through a prism of melancholy. <laughs> it's like looking yep. at a really beautiful thing after something bad happened to you. Yep. Yep. Which, which my life is not full of. I have an easy life. I just have a broken yes. brain. And so I, because your life is so easy. Right. It's yeah. an autoimmune disease of the brain. Right. Um, you had a point here that I don't want yeah, to step I, on. I, I did. So it's really interesting to think about this Dive album compared to some of those other big rock albums that came out in 2012. Listen to this list of other rock albums that came out, Jake, that were also huge for us. Beach House, Bloom, Japan Droids, Celebration Rock, Grizzly Bear, Shields. Cloud Nothings, Attack on Memory. Yeah. The Walkman with Heaven. And there was a, a Tame and Paula Lonerism came out that year too. There was a lot of other Damn. ones, but like it's a powerhouse. Those were some big rock albums. And I and I got to thinking about, okay, how some of these other ones held up. I don't really listen to Shields that much by Grizzly Bear anymore. I can't say I listen to Beach House in general nearly as much as I used to. Um, as much as this pains me to say, Jake, I love Celebration Rock. I can't hear it in the same way I used to because it's so tied to those memories. It's so tied to like being young and feeling those feelings. Yeah. I can't quite get there anymore. So by default, I don't have the same feeling towards it now. I still love it like for all it was for me. But the more I think about it, something like Cloud Nothing's Attack on Memory and this Dive album. Yeah. More and more are the the ones that still resonate with me, and I think still hold up really, really well. Yeah, they. they I, I totally agree. I think I think the the one that has aged the best for me actually is Shields. Along, along with okay. this, it's yeah. it's of this list. Um, I mean, Attack on Memory would be there. I haven't been back to it in a while. Uh, Shields and Grizzly Bear is like that. Album was really, really important to me, along with Vecatimus. Like, mm. I really, really like 
I went actually really deep into a Grizzly Bear you place did. for you, a while. You really did. And I was like so into these albums. Uh-huh. So Shields is really important to me. It might be the most on this list. And then I think you always enjoyed Shields a, a, more than I did. Maybe. Yeah. I was like, yes, this is like another great Grizzly Bear album, but I didn't have like the connection. My connection around this time was to like celebration rock. There's a certain thing on those early the songs on Shields, those Daniel Rawson songs, where he's doing this like freaked out like almost Neil Young thing mixed with like jazz. It was like exact. It was like it just blew my brain up at the time. Yeah. It was exactly what I wanted, yeah. and I was like, "There's people making this kind of music. Yeah. This sounds like if you took what you know about what I like in music and put it in a fucking blender. <laughs> yep, it would yep. be this Grizzly Bear record. This <laughs> like true. experimental, yeah, really good point. folky." Like the way Daniel Rawson sings, it sounds like he came from the '60s, dude. Yeah, yeah, it's a great. Point. You know, he sounds maybe, like hey, maybe Shields, Stephen Stills. Maybe we'll be back here in a week. It'll be like Shields is the best album of the 2010s. <laughs> Atrocity Exhibition <laughs> is no good. It's, it's like Sean. You seem like you're all over the place, dude. Seems like you're going through an episode. <laughs> so what I wanted to talk about really briefly um, yeah. is. So I kind of ocean. We reflected on that. We didn't talk as much about is the is are, but what I wanted to talk about a little bit is what's next for dive in the twenty twenties. The reason I asked this is um, a sub question of this is were they the best dream pop band of the twenty tens? So here's the mm. thing: the answer is like maybe not, and probably not. I think you could say real estate was up there. They maybe. might be actually my favorite. Yeah, some people put beach wild house nothing. in that beach wild house, nothing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, beach fossils probably is not going to cut it, right. but. Um, so I, my, the thing I was thinking was probably not, but they were the most attention grabbing, and I think they were oh, yeah. like sort of the most notorious, and by extension the most interesting. Yeah, They're, none of those bands have any storyline I'm interested in. Yeah. Zachary Cole Smith and his whole thing with Sky Ferreira and his whole thing with drug addiction, and he's like this model. Yeah, like he's this this like very very striking looking person. He's a compelling figure. He's compelling, and I I think that there's what's so interesting is the dichotomy of like. How mysterious an album like Ocean is versus how raw and like on the surface an album like Is the Is are is. I, I feel like that has been said on this podcast like five times. Is That's the Is are is is yeah. Um, it's it's striking how different it is. They've done these different things. So my question for you is, what? Who knows if they ever make music again? What do you think can, so, is next for them? I have to say, Is the Is are is. One of the most underrated albums it's really of this good. decade. It's really good. People kind of completely forgot about that. Dive has put out two great albums. Yeah, they have. I would say they maybe aren't objectively the best dream pop band to Who come do you out think of this decade. I, I think if we're categorizing Beach House as dream pop. I think they are. And I think they are. I think it'd have to be Beach House. Yeah. Um, I like Dive so much more. I think I like the... I, I think I like these two Dive albums as a whole more than the Beach House albums that came out at this point. Now, saying that even two years ago, three years ago would have been like unheard of, but like, I don't know. Like, I, I like Dive flat out more by a good amount. I would much rather listen to them now. Yeah. So, to answer your question, what is kind of next for them? They're definitely going to put out new music because I've heard some rumblings that they're working on stuff. I think this band kind of goes as Zachary Cole Smith goes and is able to tap into whatever he's able to tap into for this. Now, he's been sober for like over a year. I read a really good feature in GQ about artists who are sober now and what their experiences were. 
And he was in on that. And he was like, yeah, I've been clean. Like he had really good perspective on all of it. He's like, I just care about like making music. He's like, I'm so lucky to get to do this. Like, so he seems to be in a better spot. I think they're working on stuff. I think they'll, you know, I'm so excited to see what comes next from them. So I, I think they're going to keep making music. Do you remember what the experience of seeing them live in like 2012, Dude. 2013 was like? Yeah. It was like... They seemed like a band of junkies. 100%. This... Like, this dude, Zach Cole Smith, like, thinks he's Kurt Cobain. Yeah, it's Especially so Especially during that time we saw them. It was like, oh, you're wearing, like, this oversized, like, poncho. That's his thing, is wearing huge yeah, shirts. Yeah, and, like, your hair looks like Kurt Cobain. And Great you, hair on and that And you guy. do fucking heroin. Like, yeah. and they all seemed like they were on heroin. I just remember, I mean, I was a little younger. I was like 20, so I had a little less experience. I remember being a little freaked out by the band. Dude, especially that one guitarist. Who looked like sallow. <laughs> yeah. He looked like Sirius Black, like breaking out of Azkaban. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> right. You should have died! <laughs> Rather than betray! <laughs> oh, dude. Like... But yeah, man, that band, like... And that's the thing, like... We saw Wild Nothing that night. They they were on tour together. Di- I left being like, wow, Dive and Zachary Cole Smith are so much more interesting than Jack Tatum and Wild Nothing. Yeah, man. And like, honestly, Wild Nothing has not continued to wow me through the years. Wow. As good as Nocturne and Gemini are, which yeah. those are great albums. Yeah. And they were important to me then in a big way. Uh, there, there's something to be said about Dive. Like, it, it's not really fair. But there's a certain mystery to them yep. that will always be compelling. Goes a long way. And like I was, I was talking to someone at work about this today, and I was like, it's kind of like real estate, but like less technically actually good. Like it's they're, they're clearly not as good of musicians. It's more hazy and unclear. It's simpler in some ways. But the melodies, the guitar yeah, work, yeah, real estate. Oh, are, oh for sure, real more estate technical. Are clearly these like guitar but I don't wizards. Like that as much. No, neither do I. Neither do I. Dive in a weird way. This is this is such a half-baked podcast idea. It reminds me of trap music. Okay. In the way the melodies flow and it's kind of hazy and like yeah. we're in it. Dreamy. Dreamy. That's what yeah, that's what I mean. There I just made the dream pop to trap music connection. You did people thought it wasn't possible. But I did it. You're you're like trap for you is like Bill Simmons bringing up the Sopranos on his you know, podcast this year. I, you know, season 1. It's it's a it's a quick it's a quick watch. You know, I rewatched the Sopranos. I missed these characters in my life. Polly Walnuts, you know, he's getting lost with Christopher. <laughs> Adriana, I forgot about the scene where she gets shot. <laughs> We're not doing spoilers. That's heroin Sorry stuff. guys. Sorry. I'm going to step him while on to talk Sopranos. <laughs> That's an inside, uh, little an inside, inside baseball for you. Um, Jake, That's all I had. Let's wrap up with a release radar. I actually, I looked. There's nothing of note that I was like, oh, gotta check that out. Oh no, you know what the one thing is? What's that? There's a lost Marvin Gaye album that's coming out oh. this week that came out around the same time. It's like the follow-up to what's going on. <laughs> that was been like in the vaults for yeah. years. Yeah, man. You listen I'm to this? Pretty, yeah, actually, yes. Um, I think. Like, I, I read this vaguely, and hold on, Marvin Gaye, new album. <laughs> we got a release, a Marvin Gaye release radar. It's so great. Dude was killed in 1970. No, 1977. Dude, um, yeah, Marvin Gaye's lost album, You're the Man. 
to be released. You're the man. Yeah, Marvin Gaye's 1972 lost album, You're the Man, will finally be released March 29th, just days before what would have been the musician's 80th birthday on April 2nd. Thank you, Jake. You're very welcome. You're my new like birthday guy. Yeah, I know. Well, not really new. It's it's been there. It's been there, but like you have an official job now to help me remember because yep. uh, I forget. That's all right. That's all right. You're a normal person. Yeah, yeah. Um, In that respect. But yeah, I'm I'm definitely gonna check this out. Gay originally recorded my last chance, which is a song on "You're the Man" around 1972. Um, well, he died in oh, this, the song was revised as "I Love You Secretly" from the Miracles' 1973 album Renaissance. That's okay. very cool. So I, I, I think this is going to be a, a cool little uh, time capsule. So yeah, I'll check it out. But that, other than that, I didn't really see anything that was uh, of note. That's so maybe some time to catch up on priests. Yeah, uh, more Danny Brown, more just 2010s. Like I'm having a lot of fun with the 2010s deep dives. You know what else I listened to this past week, Jake? I, I went back to Art Angels by Grimes. So great good, album. That's one of my. That's gonna rank very high. So for good. Me. Um, I went back to. Uh, yeah, that was the big one. That and all the <laughs> other ones I already mentioned. Well, you, you brought up a, a few really good ones. So. Oh, oh, Foxing. Uh, those first uh, two Foxing albums because yeah. we're seeing them at the end of April, the and Albatross. I was like, I should know these better. The Albatross is a great album. The Do, Medic, great song. Doing your homework. Yeah, doing my homework. So. Cool. Uh, definitely stick around for the after show. Jake has some harrowing Disney stories that are very worth hearing. Happiest place on earth. Uh, thank you for Happiest listening. Happiest guy on earth. That all checks out to me. It's just the truth. Thanks for listening. We will see you next time. Thanks, everybody. So, Sean, I went on a family trip to Disney World. Happiest place on earth, I heard. The happiest place on earth. That's what they say. Yeah, for everybody who goes. Um, And... (laughs) (laughs) Everyone? Everybody. So, here's the thing. I had a great time. Yeah. It's a lot of of fun. Uh, I struggle with fun. Yeah. Even when I'm having it, I have a hard time (laughs) having fun. Uh-huh. you know, experiences in general, Sean, as I get older, are a struggle. You know, life in general. Doing anything. <laughs> um, because, you know, like as we've explored on this podcast at great length, I'm a little crazy, for sure. Y- you and me both, my um, friend. Yeah. So, a couple things about Disney World. One, it is a little embarrassing, and by that I mean like very embarrassing, telling people you're going to Disney World. Isn't it? And that I feel you, like I, I've yeah I, and, I I feel that with people and that you have been now there's some people who just own it and they're like I'm a Disney person yeah I can't do that right so when I was leaving but you're not a Disney person no I like the movies like like anybody else right you know some of them are I but when I think of those people I think of the people who are like I go every year they got like a Disney wallet right they have like you know like a Minnie Mouse right. shirt they wear sometimes <laughs> right no. Uh, no, I don't have that. Um, um, I don't drink the Kool-Aid, basically. I right. see Disney for what it is. You're drinking like, Tang. Yeah, it's <laughs> right. It entertains me. There's some great movies. There's some great stuff they've made. The amount of it in one place and the amount people drink the Kool-Aid of it makes me a little sick. Of course. Uh, so a couple thoughts. One, 
to get into parks now, Sean, you need to, I shit you not, give your fingerprint. No, 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 no. Yes. Are you kidding me? I am not. That's unbelievable. So they have a whole database of people's fucking fingerprints. Yep. Yep. Everybody who goes to Disney World, that's how you get in. And dude. like, dude, I we had these wristbands. They, they looked like watches. Like I probably Are you I, serious? Yeah, they're in here. I can show you after. They look like a, a wristwatch. Now you think me, that would be enough? Let me ask you. You'd think. Let me ask you this about the fingerprints. Was there any sort of expectation setting or priming for the fact you'd be giving your fucking fingerprints? It's just in line, or were they just man. like, nope, th- we don't even explain it. Everyone in a line just doing this, so I do it too. Did th- anyone like question this? Me. Other than you, yeah, like everybody in our part, like okay, like, except like was everyone like this is weird. I think everyone thinks it's a little weird. So okay. what you do is you buzz in your bracelet or your little card if you have a card, and then so there's this little there's a little kiosk that's like this big on the ra- bad radio. It's like you know a little circular thing that you like buzz in on a fob with basically, mm-hmm. and it turns white. And then next to it is this thing that reads your fingerprint Don't that you it. give when you come. And I, the first day I, I got there, I was like talking to my mom. I was like, this is a company that owns all the world's meaningful information and like owns news organizations yep, and like controls so much in the world. It's a massive corporation. I don't know how comfortable I am with them having my fingerprint on file. Dude, but it's under the guise of, oh, it's Disney, happiest place on earth. This and, is such a fucking farce. And what are you going to do? What are you going to do? You go with your family? You're, you're going to be, no, sorry. It's like, yeah, well, well, you're fucking here. You flew here. Yeah, I mean, you came with your family. What are you going to do? And they do it under the thing of like, oh, it's double verification. So you Two-factor out that we're texting you a fucking why, code. Why do you need that? What happened? What is wrong with a fucking ticket? Dude, I well, I I don't know. I don't know. What it worked you, for or, years before. Or your b- fucking bracelet. This is clearly a, like a a play for a your fear fingerprint. Yeah, this is crazy. Bill Burr would not be happy. I wonder if he would even go to Disney World. I don't think he would with that with that information. And I'm definitely not now either. So that's square one. The parks are fun. I'm gonna skip over all the good stuff. Okay. No they, one wants to hear that. There's plenty of good stuff. Yeah. There's great Happiest rides. Place on all Earth? that shit. Sure. And it is happy. If you allow yourself to really, yeah. really try yeah. and twist your brain into a knot, sure. you can immerse yourself in, in it, it has to be on my own terms, my own kind of fun. And I did have some of that. Uh, the other thing that's embarrassing, Sean, is saying all the Disney phrases oh, to people. Yeah. I've felt embarrassed Magic talk- Kingdom. Yes. <laughs> Downtown Disney, Disney Springs as it's called now. I felt embarrassed talking even about fast passes with you guys earlier. Talking about anything. Because leaving an amusement park, yeah. you come back versed in the lingo. Yeah, you do. In a way that no they one indoctrinate in, you. No one in the real world is. It even happens if you go to like Six Flags oh, or like yeah. even local like Canopy Lake Park. You, you're like, you come back with the lingo. You're like, oh, you do the corkscrew, you right. do the fucking Turkish twist. <laughs> like, and people know what that means. Right. You know what I mean? And like, yep. and, but when you get back into the real world, it's something kids will do. They'll be talking about an amusement yeah. park like everyone understands what they're talking about. Right. Um, the other thing, the lines, fucking crazy. Um, some of them were like 120, 130 minute waits. And people wait in these yep. willingly. Yep, we didn't do those. The longest we did was 70. That's like a good chunk of your day, though. That's the thing, and that's so it's it's so we had these fast passes. We had yeah. three a day, and they, they, it was actually great. You got right on a ride, basically yeah. five minute wait, and you zoom right through. But then you have the rest of your day to work with. The thing is, being at an amusement park now, especially one as popular as a Disney park, 
is an exercise in figuring out what, like the four things you can fit in. Oh, it's like planning the D-Day landings, Jake. It, well, <laughs> I love that as a reference point for planning complicated things. It, that, dude, that's a go-to lately. It, it's, it's, it's apropos. Yeah, yeah. Because the thing is, you only have time for like four or five things. And you got to be smart. You'd be like, ah, well, if we it's wait true. for the if we wait for the slinky dog dash, <laughs> Sean, if we wait 140 minutes for the slinky dog, who's dash, waiting for that? A lot of people, based on the line that was spilling out into oh the fucking my park. God. So if you wait, it's like you won't. That's all you're doing for two hours. What do you do in the line? You just wait. shoot the breeze. Yeah, talk, you joke around. That's where a lot of the jokes come from the, on the trip. That would have been fun. fun if you, you and I in line would have been the most fun part of that whole trip. So that's where Matt and I got in a lot of yeah, our joking that's good. and like that's good. ridiculous shit. And yeah. like I thought Lauren and Mary Kate had to kind of just be along for the uh, ride. On they that. probably got tired of that. I think they did. Yeah. And on the fourth day of the trip, I was like, I was joking around with them. I was like, are you ready for like another full day of me and Matt riffing? Because that's what you're going to get. <laughs> Not all of it's great material. Like, either. no. And it's like, and it's. <laughs> I mean, you know Matt, you know me. It's, yeah, it's like yeah. the weirdest yeah, of the weird yeah. riffing. Oh, yeah. Like as weird as you can get. Yeah. Um, and so, okay, so that accepted. Um, so you had lines. So you, anyways, it's just you just have to like plan your day out. And it's kind of takes the fun out of it yeah. a little bit. The other thing I was going to say is like there's some people who define themselves by Disney a little bit. And look, everyone has their thing. It's a tough look for me to see an adult in a, like, happiest place on earth shirt or, like, buying in in any way to the Disney lore. Yeah. Again, like, that's that's coming from my own expectations of what people should do. They can enjoy whatever they want. And we actually had a good texting conversation, um, you and I, when we were going to Epcot, Sean. That's right. (laughs) That's right. And I saw a guy on the train wearing his shirt, like matching shirt with his girlfriend. Yep. A lot of that. Oh, yeah. A lot of that. I'm one, with Goofy. Get it? One of the ones I saw a lot of. Uh, okay. So it would be like the girl has a shirt on that says his beauty. And the guy has a shirt on that says her beast. <sighs> it's it, it's tough, tough stuff. That's, oh my God. That's <laughs> no hint of irony. From these people. It's like, uh, are you really fucking buying these, dude? fucking Christ. How old do you think these people were? Older than me, man. Like 20, late 20s, 30s. Some of them teenagers. Um, So yeah, seeing that's tough. And it actually just increases my sense of disillusionment because I'm like, so when you come to Disney World, I understand a certain part of it is letting go and having fun. And I did that in my own way, despite everything I'm saying. Yeah. But you understand it's a fucking farce, right? And you understand that you're being gouged at every opportunity and that it's just like, it's the idea of happiness being painted over a fucking ugly surface. I don't think most people think of it that way. Disney World is That's built- what it is, definitely. But people have tricked themselves into thinking all sorts of things about it that aren't true. I mean, it's built literally on a swamp. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, isn't that appropriate? Yeah. Like, we were there one day at the Magic Kingdom, the best park. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and one of the most popular rides shut down. So, all the people that were waiting in that line mm-hmm. poured out of the park. It was congested as shit. And I was just like, wow, man. Like, if nothing, if there's any proof 
that nothing matters and nothing <laughs> is real. It's this. This is torture. Oh and everyone's God. walking around with a plastered on smile. Buying Mickey ice cream bars and like wearing their fucking shirts. We're all miserable. <laughs> Happiest place on earth. It's the truth. Everyone's like bitching at their boyfriend or girlfriend. Because the thing is everyone goes to these parks and has different ideas of what they want to do. Yeah. And you're not allowed to do that. You can't really split up and do it's different true. shit. It's true. You got to be at your fast pass on time or you just miss it. <laughs> or you're gonna be waiting in line. What are you gonna do? Be a... This all sounds awful. You are can like I already didn't want to ever go there. You have just confirmed that so hard for me with all of this. Uh, the, the problem is, is like I'm skipping the good things. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's you know this is how my brain <laughs> processes <laughs> stuff. Right. Let me ask you. Do you know? About how many people per day are in I looked this up, Disney actually. World total? Yeah, it's like over 100,000. That's insane. It's like 120,000. Oh my God. Yeah. Per day. <sighs> Crazy. They're getting those fingerprints every day. All fingerprints. And it's like even people like me who are like, well, fuck, I really don't want to. I wonder if you can object. Yeah. I wonder if you I should just feel like I'm not comfortable doing you that. You should have just said no. But they know what they're up against. They know they're up against people who are tired from the flight. Dude. They're with the family. They don't yeah. want to cause a stir because right. they don't want to miss the ride they're that already late is, for. I hate that they take those. That's Dude, fucked up, it, man. It is stupid. Oof. It's shitty. This is scary. It is, yeah. So they have my fingerprint. Um, so, you know, if, if the mouse wants to come for me. You know, this is follow me down this thought, please. And, and really quick, before yeah. you go down the thought, what I was going to say, too, is they twist it so that if you say that shit... You're the crazy person. You're the person. fucked up one. Yes. Totally, like, oh, hey, totally. You know, come on, Jake. Happiest at place Disney on World. Earth. Come on. At Disney World, you're going to go on one of these And it's like, diatribes. yeah, you're made to feel crazy. It's, it's like, like well, Disney no. owns fucking Everything. ABC, man. I know. Like, it's true. They own And they us. just bought like fucking Fox or something, right? Yeah, man. They own fucking all the entertainment and information. Uh, 20th Century Fox, I mean. Uh, I think. I don't remember. Anyways, follow me down this thought. When we watch something like Black Mirror or some kind of futuristic society that is like, whoa, ooh, I can't believe they let it get this far. Like, oh, all their information's being stolen. Or like, oh, they're just like numbing themselves with entertainment. It's always very obvious in like these television shows or movies. This is literally happening in our world right now, oh, and yeah. we're all going along with it. Yep, we're right there, and it's like you—you you walk a very fine line because you can either ruin the fun by saying something, mm. um, or you can just go along, pull back the curtain. Yeah, and I like, don't know. People don't like the curtain being pulled. No, they back. don't. They don't. It doesn't we're look not as nice. We're not as far off from the black mirror shit as you think. And again, it happens in insidious, not obvious exactly. ways. Exactly. That's the. Like, evil genius of it. Yeah, man. It's like... Fingerprints. But that is seriously upsetting. Though. You don't need my fingerprint no, to let me in to ride Jesus a fucking Christ. log ride. <laughs> <laughs> know. You know what I mean? Like, I don't need this to see Cinderella's castle. I can see that from the fucking monorail. I don't need... <laughs> I don't need to give you my fingerprint. Wait, did you have to do this to get into every individual yeah. park? Not just like the wider... Every individual park. Well, okay. You know what an argument I feel like they could make is? Where it's like, let's say you don't know where your kid is. They're like, well, we'll check our fingerprint database. We'll see like who's in this park right now. Your kid is going to have been in the park with you. 
Or, like, let's say, I don't know, like, your kid gets fucking split up. I don't know. Like, well, but, but your you know. kid, the thing is, the parks are miles apart. So your kid yeah, didn't go to another that's park. Tr- uh, that's true. If your kid gets stolen or, like, runs away, yeah. they didn't go to, like, if you're in Magic Kingdom, they didn't go to Animal Kingdom. You know what I mean? Like, they couldn't <laughs> yeah, find it. They wouldn't know how to get up to the bus to do it. Oh, it's that fucking far? Yeah, you man, you gotta, take, oh, you gotta take a wow. bus or a monorail. I, I don't think I underst- quite understand the scale of, it's huge. of a Disney World. Oh, it's huge. I'm picturing like, a slightly bigger Six Flags. So picture Six Flags. Yeah. And there's four of them. Right. They're each parks around the size of Six Flags or a little bigger or a little smaller. Damn. So it's, there's four major amusement parks. That's Disney World. Wow. And there's resorts and, and that's hotels. That's actually crazy. Yeah, it's, it is cool. And it's like fun. But it, 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 there's some of it that's like... Because you have to get up so early to catch the bus. The bus is packed. You can fucking ride the bus to the park and then there's lines everywhere yeah there's no beating the lines no oh god no the everyone's lines are, trying to beat the lines the lines are everything and nothing they just are <laughs> yep. they are yep. in us and of us <laughs> we are the lines you know like wow you uh yeah what a trip what a trip man so the, I mean the, the, the basic thing is like I gotta as we discussed I gotta learn to have fun as an adult Right. Um, and it's going to be a lifelong challenge for me. Well, I think... Because fun for me is like watching TV or going to a movie. Like learning what's fun for you, though. Yeah. And maybe in the future when this trip's presented, maybe you don't feel like you want to go. I don't know. Like you Ma- can make that decision. Yeah. I mean, like I don't regret it. I'm glad okay, we went. Okay, then good. Then you can... But I would do a different type of trip sure. okay. next time. That's what you learned. That's fine. Yeah. So that's great. It's an interesting time. I mean, I, I got funny stories from it, so I'm, I'm happy with it. You did. I feels like I got more benefit from this trip than anyone. I, 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 I okay. I do. I don't want to like undersell the fact that like we had a shit ton of fun too. Yeah, yeah we did. Yeah, and like just being with family in different contexts is fun. Getting on a flight with your family is kind of yeah. fun. Like. And, and and for many parts of the park, like honestly, the mornings and the nights are fun. The afternoon is. Tell, because <laughs> how hot was it? It's like eighty five, ninety. Uh, that's hot. It's getting it's hot. up there. It was hot for me. Yep, I wasn't ready for it because you're like in winter mode still. Yeah, and I was walking around just like in a sweat. Yeah, of course. The food's not very good. No, it's all overpriced. Yeah. What'd you get? What was the best thing you ate? The best thing I ate was the, was fish at this Mediterranean restaurant okay. in Epcot. All right. Nice. <laughs> how much did it cost? <laughs> I don't, I mean, the, Too much. The meal. Yeah. The meal for seven of us was four hundred dollars. <laughs> oh my god! With a tip. Oh my god! Or or three hundred fifty dollars. That, that that's criminal. Is, that is criminal. Is, <laughs> that is, like come on. It's crazy. The, Holy fucking shit! How do people afford this? They How don't do they bring their families here. They they break the bank, man. Because you got to give the kids the experience. Do you? I don't. That's, I never had it. That's what we're being. Sold. I know that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's what we're being sold. Oh my god! It's like, oh look how happy they are with their Mickey Mouse ears, while you and your wife fucking bitch at each other. <laughs> Go into credit card debt, <laughs> dude. Because that's what it is. You realize when you're not a kid, you're like families just fight here. Yeah, I know. Everyone's just fighting, Jesus, and is like upset man. with each other, and like has different priorities. So, so, the, so the lesson is just don't go on vacation at all. Don't go on. Save your money. Save your money. Also, I got a cold on the plane ride back. 
Of co- I'm not surprised. So. That's like a breeding ground. Um, my big week, Jake. I, I continued. I finished the floor with my dad. Yeah, let's hear about um, this. Nothing. It was all the same. It's all the same as it was the week before. I was less sore this week though, which was good. Here's a here's a gripe. A quick one for you, all right, Jake. All right. I don't like the changes the Spotify mobile app has gone through over the last couple weeks. No, you can't see um, album length anymore on I mobile. I hate that. It's, I, 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 it really, really bothers me. Hate it. I think album length is like more important to us than the average listener by like an order of magnitude. Uh, I looked it up just to see if I was missing where they might have moved it, and there were multiple threads of people being like, "Bring this back!" Like, you have to have this. It's so important. Yeah. Okay. okay. So maybe maybe they'll change it back, but like it's it's also weirdly harder to the whole album experience on mobile has been made much harder because when you go to an artist page now. It's like harder to find the albums, and popular they're not in releases. order anymore. It's just by popular, which I hate. I, I don't like this. I hate it. But then what you have to do is click into yeah, see discography. discography. Yeah, so, you know if it was just listed here, that'd be fine. Yeah, I don't. I don't like it. I guess I kind of get it for an artist like the Rolling Stones or something yeah, where they have like hundred albums, and for the casual listener. But for me, it does not work. Uh. Uh-uh. So that that's uh, you know, that's why I'm switching whatever. to Apple Music. I will not be. I doing won't. That. Spotify. I have too many playlists and folders at this point. I'm I'm locked in. Yeah, honestly, you know? Spotify is great. Yeah, it, it's actually yeah, it's totally fine. Whatever. Any um, funny stories from the from flooring? Uh, not real. My dad and I were just like efficient as fuck. We just like ripped through this. We. Maybe Mr. Calling is like a father-son flooring company. Yeah, that would be very... How and how flooring. It would, be, it would be like flooring and how. Yeah. Something, there are endless puns that could be made from right. this. Yeah. But yeah, we just ripped through it. I mean, a couple mistakes here and there where we had to like rip up boards because like it had a crack in it and we didn't yeah. notice. And But like honestly... This sounds like it was a really good we experience. We just ripped through it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hijacked the music one day and was playing like... Father John Misty, War on Drugs, Angel Olsen. He, I think he liked all of it. He didn't tell. He didn't like do that, that thing where he was like, "Oh, like what is this?" Or like, "Shut this shit off." What about something else? He was just like, "Oh, like okay." That's. I think that's funny that he tells you to see. Here's another thing. You, I've noticed this so many times. I've never articulated it. You don't give a shit about that happening to you. I, I don't think... Like, if you play music yeah. and someone tells you they don't like it, yeah. it doesn't seem like you care at all. No, I don't. Or, like... Or as I, if I'm in a situation, I will, like, intentionally search for music that I know... It's like a, it's like an algorithm of finding oh, the music yeah. that everyone in the room actually likes. Yeah, well... And I'm, like, very much, like, placating, I too. I start that way, but then I'm like, all right, what? Push it. I, then I push it. I do... I... I do something that is like easy at first and then I'm like all right like we can we can cuz it's fun to play other shit for people sometimes besides the same fucking songs people listen to for you know yeah. like I don't know I think what it is is that you it, and also like I'm very comfortable with what my taste in music is and if someone's like this sucks I'm like fuck you no it doesn't your taste sucks well no I, I don't even think of it that way for me it's just like I am so constantly worried about about upsetting anyone in any yeah. way I'm yeah. saying this more as a compliment oh, to yeah, you yeah yeah I'm always worried about upsetting someone yeah so I just like I, I 
sort and I might be totally off base. I sort of pride myself on just like being a, like depending on the situation, putting on the right music for it. Yeah. I think I do a decent job at that. I th- no, I think you do. I mean, I mean to say that you're more daring with it. That's what I, I mean. Where I'm just like, well, I have a good feel for this, so I'm just gonna play like what I think is actually like what should be soundtracking this it's, this time. Yeah. It seems to me that when you get a comment like that, maybe it doesn't hurt your feelings. No, I don't give a shit. Right. Like when everyone makes fun of like trap or whatever, I'm like, you know what? I don't care. Right. It's like this is fun music, and we're at a party, and no one's paying attention to the music anyways. Yeah. This is like. Good to just have in the background. So fuck off, you know? Sure. But like, I, what I'll do is, like, you know what? If you have a problem with this, like, are you going to be the one that, like, plays songs? Because people just run out of ideas. And, like, they're like, oh, I don't know what to play. It's like, well, I'll fucking play stuff and not give a shit. Like, right. Yeah. So. That's fair. Because people are like, oh, what do you want to listen It's like, just put something on. Right. You know? <laughs> right. Who cares? Yeah. No one's paying attention anyways. If right. someone wants to listen to the music, like, they'll listen. If they don't, then just, like, they'll talk. True. Yeah. You know? no, it's just something true. to like. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. I. 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 didn't even really. Meet, that's it. That it went there. That's fu- like getting mad about this. <laughs> I know. I meant more in the context of like, especially your parents. Oh, that too. Yeah. You don't give a shit. No. You're just like, no. No. Like I like if your dad makes a comment, you're like, oh well. Yeah, because I'm like, well, you're wrong. So. Well, it's like, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I think for me, I'm just like, I, I don't care. Yeah. I'm well, there's I, sometimes I'm like, well, I want to listen to this, so like, <laughs> right. we're gonna listen to it. We all are. Yeah, 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 yeah. Other times, I it depends on the situation, though. If I know it's not the right time to do that, I don't force the issue. I'm not like a dumbass about it, where I'm like, oh, I'm just gonna do this all the time. Yeah, the funeral. Yeah, like yeah, this come is on. the astro world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pull a little baby at like a fucking at Home Depot. Hey, maybe it'd brighten the mood, man. It might. It might. Who knows? Uh, no, I was not giving you shit for trap. No, nah, no, nah, I hear you. I hear you. This was a long after show. Mm-hmm. This is a long after show. Yeah, we're up into the 700s on the ticker. <laughs> yeah, we are. We should go. All right, let's dive in. Let's dive into this episode. Um, <clears throat> all right, ready? Three, two.